Why Florida State's 24-7 victory over Pittsburgh is a great sign for the rest of the season. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith, and you can find this podcast wherever you get your podcast for free on YouTube as well. And we are part of the awesome Locked On Network, your team every day. So please hit that like button and that notification bell and subscribe to this podcast and comment. I actually have a question for everybody here in just a little bit to talk about. First off, this show is brought to you by LinkedIn College. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So why is a 24-7 victory a good sign? Well, here's why. When you do not have Johnny Wilson or Keon Coleman, they're both on, on the sidelines with Mike Norvell and the rest of the FSU staff and and players, but they're in street clothes now, and you still go out and throw for 360 yards, give Pittsburgh fits for their offensive critical situations. They were 0-10 on third downs. And then the biggest thing, I'll get into this a little bit more here in just a little while, Ja'Kai Douglas goes into the game with two receptions on the season. We're going to talk about him because he is the new playmaker for the Knowles, and he proved it. We're going to talk about him as well. But – Overall, let's get into the specifics and the statistics that Florida State comes out with in a 24-7 road victory in Pittsburgh, knocking off the Panthers. Number one, Jordan Travis, 22-36, 360 yards, which is obviously exactly 10 yards per attempt. Again, great sign for the rest of the season because you don't have your two playmakers and you still average 10 yards per attempt. It's ironic Florida State is doing better since Johnny has been out per attempt, which makes no sense. Against Wake, it was 10.3, and against Pitt, it was 10. And now they're they're, they're getting them healthy. I assume both will play against Miami. I have no idea, but that's huge for Florida State. They are distributing the football evenly around. They have eight different players that caught the football against Pittsburgh, again, without two big-time NFL prospects at receiver. The tight ends catch 12 balls for 144 yards. Five first downs and a touchdown. By the way, Marcus and Douglas catching the seam pass with nobody on him is hilarious. 280-pound man running down the middle of the field and nobody around him. It's just, it's hilarious to me. I think it's just one of the most goofy things ever. But Florida State, as soon as the ball was snapped, Jordan Travis knew exactly that the DB had covered another player and they double covered him. And there he is, Douglas, right down the middle of the field. Additionally, Hats off to Trey Benson. It was tough sledding. And quite honestly, for every FSU running back, for most of the game, stick to itness. They kept going. The pass set up the run. Old school Bobby Bowden style. How about that? That's another great sign for the Knowles for the rest of the season. You can pick them and, and, and just kind of choose where you want to go with the football, move the football. They start paying more attention to the receivers, re- realizing that some of these guys, Ja'Kai Douglas, who I'll mention in just a moment, are threats, 
and then the running game gets a 55-yard touchdown. That's big-time football. By the way, they were only up 10-7 at halftime. Kind of a slugfest, Pittsburgh-style of game. In the third quarter, the Knowles averaged almost 10 yards per play, and it doesn't matter if it was run or pass. That's a combination. The halftime adjustments is another great sign for why Florida State, again, they've done this several times this year, and the staff did a great job of coming up with ideas, different ways to get the football in playmakers' hands, and that is tremendous. So how did Florida State get to that point, though? you got to give credit to Pittsburgh. I know this is a Florida State show, but I want to give some credit to Pittsburgh's defense. They played hard. They blitzed. They showed some different things, and they've got a lot of diverse packages. That's something that program has had for years. It's not going to change. Florida State showed patience, competitiveness, and did not panic. That is a mature football team. You could even argue that's the most important thing to take away from the game. It's an arguable point. I think the playmaker point that I'm going to talk about on the other side here in just a minute is even more important. But we've seen that this year. Florida State is more consistent this year than I can remember since the 2013 season, probably. There were signs it was cracking a little bit in the 14 season because they would have moments of lapse and it ended up costing them. This team, even though they didn't play well in the first half at finishing drives, they only scored 10 points. They didn't want to bother them. Again, the adjustments, and then they continued to play well. And again, third quarter, 51 rushing yards, nine and a half yards of play. That's a sign this team is more than just mature. They've kind of figured it out. I took that as a great sign. When you don't have your best stuff and then you come out and do that in the third quarter, it, it's just tremendous. Not many teams are like that. Not many at all. Even Georgia, even Michigan, etc. They're great teams too. <clears throat> but when you're down on the way you play, even if you're up on the scoreboard, it can affect the next guy standing to you. One person to the next, to the next. Body language. Little things like that. I didn't see that with Florida State, and that's a really, really good sign. One last point before we go to the next, and that's that's going to be the game changer of the week. We're going to look at Florida State in this game probably like five years from now, and we're going to say, well, it was just a 24-7 win over a pedestrian Pittsburgh team. There's some truth to that, but a lot of teams would have been up 10-7, or maybe not even up at halftime and would have taken that game down to the wire and may have lost. Maturity matters. Jordan Travis was patient. The run game was patient. That was a good job on the play calling once again. The offensive line didn't have the greatest first half. They adjusted. They got better, and they wore down Pittsburgh. This was more of an NFL approach, a very professional approach, and I appreciate that. Not every college football program has even like one unit on an offense or defense that acts in that manner. I saw it in a lot of ways. And by the way, shout out to Ventral Cypress, another great example. They had a bust in the secondary. They could have compounded it if Cypress didn't run across the field and eventually make a tackle in a phenomenal strip. That's one of the best football plays you're ever going to see. I didn't know the ball came loose when I saw it live, but holy cow, great, great camera angle on the backside. There's an obvious fumble and like the air just went just sucked out of that stadium when that happened. I mean, a sure touchdown to a touchback for the Knowles. 
Holy cow. So hats off to him. So with that being said, we got a game changer of the week and perhaps based on how he played for the rest of the season, maybe he's going to be the new guy that opposing defenses have to really take into account. We're going to talk about him next, right after we talk about the game changer of the week for Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing Company is brought all kinds of good award-winning beers to you, just like Ja'Kai Douglas did for Florida State yesterday. Yes, he is the game changer of the week. We are going to talk about in a minute. Six catches for 115 yards. This is a company that has over 50 styles of beers, IPAs, Goldens, Sours, anything that you can think of, regardless of style. If you like non-alcoholic beers, that is where they are most known for, and they have a lot of tremendous opportunities there as well. Make sure you check out Athletic Brewing Company. You can get them online. You can find them at a locally a local place, Athletic Brewing Company. Here's something else about them that's very u- unique as well. They are award-winning. It's not just like a local company that just started up. They have won awards against some of the big boys in the world of beer, and they are a fast-rising company. Again, make sure you check out Athletic Brewing Company because they have opportunities for anybody, regardless of their type of beer taste. So, first-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. That's athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, a fit for all times. So, like I said, Ja'Kai Douglas, he's the game changer of the week. No doubt about it. Two catches (laughs) coming into this game, and that was the week before against Wake. He's healthy, and it's pretty obvious. Six catches, five of which went for first downs, and 115 yards, man. Um did anybody see that coming? Because I didn't. Um, 19.2 yards a catch. The only thing he didn't do, he didn't score on one of them. But if you can get another guy when Johnny and Keon are healthy to go with this tremendous group of running backs to catch the ball and tight ends. We'll talk about the tight ends in a little bit, too. I mean, what are we, what are we missing on offense? Anything? I don't think Florida State's missing anything. The Knowles have kind of figured it out. But this was the critical part. I've talked about it. I've had a gazillion people, and rightfully so. Where's the missing link at the slot position? What's going on? He could play multiple positions. He's not the biggest guy, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, kid out of Louisiana that can just flat out run. He's really shifty. He makes people miss. And he's obviously got good hands. He's got six catches on the day. The other part for this, shout out to Jordan Travis for giving him a chance. Because not not everybody's going to look at a guy towards the end of the season. He's got two receptions. Like, yeah, I'm going to go to this guy today. They believe in each other. It's another great sign for why the 24-7 to victory over Pittsburgh is going to help for the rest of this season. It's another great sign. Again, this this shows about what's the positive from Florida State's victory. Right there it is. It's unbelievable how many guys stepped up. You could only predict so much. And I thought Florida State was just going to blow the doors off of them. But then Keon didn't play. As soon as I saw him on the sidelines, I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen now. 
totally changes not only your game plan, but how they can play you. This could go a million different ways, and I had no clue. When you see the result, though, the defense, again, 0 for 10 on third downs for Pittsburgh, that's huge. The key throws by Jordan Travis, 360 yards, obviously is tremendous. And the ability to find new playmakers. Florida State took it to another level, even though they scored 24 points. I know that sounds weird, but you can't just practice game situations. You got to be in those. This is the first game they didn't have either one of these guys. I don't know how many teams would have done that. Now, Florida State's blessed to have two big-time receivers. I'm not saying that, you know, they shouldn't be discussed in that manner. But they're used to having them. They game plan with them every week. When you pull the reins back and you don't have that guy over here, you don't have that guy over there, some teams panic and just go in the tank. Ja'Kai Douglas, game changer of the week. Prove that you can step up at any point. And he wasn't the only guy. They had eight guys, again, that caught passes. The running backs were involved in pass protection. There were outlets, 12 catches, 144 yards. Yeah, and a touchdown for the tight ends, five first downs. This is as versatile as it gets. But now that brings to the question. At what point, now that we've seen Ja'Kai step up, this is for anybody, you can comment on YouTube. How do you game plan differently or do you and when that's, you know, at what point would you just try to get Ja'Kai the ball more against Miami this next week? It's obviously your big rivalry game. Maybe he gets a little less. I mean, I'm still going to throw it to Keon and Johnny. Don't get me wrong. I assume they're both going to play. I have no idea. I assume they're going to, but let's say they do. Do you really try to get Ja'Kai the ball? Miami secondary gives up big plays. They, they've got a hell of a pass rush, but they give up big plays. Are you going to do something different? Are you going to jet motion him more? What, what's your scheme and idea with him? Because I think he could be the X factor. That's why I ask. You can't double team two guys, let alone three. And I'm not saying Ja'Kai deserves double teams just based on one great game, but in a specific situation, maybe you would, depending on formation and whatnot. But if you could get him loose against Miami and, and it, you know, you go win the game and there's balance, then it sets up film for what happens for the games coming up. And that's the that's the key to this. This part of the show is straight up about the long term of the season and getting to the to the ACC title game unscathed and having a baseline for what you're going to be the rest of the year, because things have changed. Now the tight ends are versatile. They got three guys that, you know, you get a 60 some yard play. And that doesn't even count the touchdown to Douglas out of the tight ends. Jaheim Bell, they did a pretty good job against, he caught some passes, but they, they stifled him for the most part. Good job by Pitt, but Florida state just kept nickel and diamond 360 through the air. It's a lot of yards when you don't have your two playmakers. I don't think people are going to realize, and I haven't seen anything in the sports media yet. Maybe I will. That talks about how good this was to be able to make these plays and these situations come about without two NFL receivers. I could talk for six hours about this. It's incredible. Now, before I go to the final part of the show, 
one last point here on the tight ends and the variety and all of that. Who says this is the end of it? Norvell may have something else. I, I didn't, and it's on me. I didn't see it coming, but especially to this level with Jakai, who's the next guy? Is it Hakeem Williams? Is it somebody else that maybe makes a play against Miami or another team, maybe a player in the ACC title game that's got like three catches? How in the world would I know? Morlock just had like a 60-some yard reception. Florida State finds a way. There's no way anybody projected that. But every game, somebody steps up. Which player or players, there's another question for you, do you think is going to be the next one to step up for the Noles? you want to talk about that? Comment away on YouTube. It's it's very intriguing to me because I'm at a loss trying to figure it out, and that's the best news. There's nothing worse for a team defensively going against an opponent. They're like, okay, well, they got these two guys. They're really good. Everybody knows it. But they condition to all kinds of players, and the screen game is good. Not just screen to running backs, to receivers and tight ends as well. This is a versatile football team. When they get into the gun, when they run power, when they run quarterback draw, it doesn't matter. Florida State finds a different way. It's incredible. So with that, I think that Florida State is probably the most versatile team in the country offensively. I watched some of the LSU-Alabama game. And while I, I, I love Jaden Daniels, he's a really good player. I don't think they're quite as versatile because they don't have the depth at tight end like Florida State does. I think that's the biggest change there. They're, the receiver corps is tremendous too, but Florida State's tight ends way better overall. So, and I'm, and I'm not taking anything away from Mason Taylor. He's a really good football player. On the other side, we're going to talk a little bit about the Miami game and what this does and how it sets up. Because the Miami game, Obviously, it's a rivalry game that Florida State fans look forward to every year. Florida State is going to be playing a wounded animal because Miami looked like crap last night on offense. I mean, they scored six points. Can Miami come up to Tallahassee and play in Doak Campbell and play better? I'm going to get a little bit of a whirl on that, on a couple of things I'm concerned about, but some other reasons I think Florida State fans should feel pretty secure because there may be some trouble down in Coral Gables. With that, today's show is also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team and faster and for free. In my case, trying to find interns is the bane of my existence because they are really bad at wanting to really help out and do anything consistently. LinkedIn jobs to that point can be a situation where you can ask the right screening questions and you can find the specific candidate that is best fit for your business, no matter small, medium, large, whatever it may be, you can find it through LinkedIn jobs. They have a very easy and accessible platform to use. I've been using it for years and you can use it as well to find and help your business grow. LinkedIn jobs is a great opportunity for that. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Last bit of information for this show is going to focus on the Miami game and how we can use the Pittsburgh game as kind of a barometer of what's going on, what I think. Just initial thoughts. I don't think that 
it's going to be anything ground shaking, but at the same time, the Jakai Douglas thing has me intrigued because I love matchup stuff. If you're a matchup person, this little bit of info here, the next four or five minutes will be fun for you. I'm just going to throw some things out. And I know I don't have a chalkboard to explain it, but just kind of picture this in your head or however you want. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we'll go from there. Florida State runs spread. They're in gun, mobile quarterback, athletic receivers, tight ends that can do things, the whole nine yards. But Miami does have a very good front, and they can stuff the run. That's their marquee thing is they're really difficult to run on as a general rule. But at the same time, Florida State presents a challenge they haven't seen yet this year and won't. This is the most talented offense that Miami will face. How are they going to attack the Knowles? When they're in twins, meaning two receivers to each side, even if it's one of them, a running back tight end, how are they going to do that? Because unlike their run defense, Miami's pass defense will have nine great plays and then they have a bust. They've just not been able to be consistent. And that's what two NFL safeties. It's bizarre. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know if it's mental. I don't know exactly. They play hard. They have speed. They're not the biggest corner, and and one of them, Daryl Porter Jr., was injured in their game last night. I don't know if he's going to play. It didn't look real good, him coming off. But at the same time, they have problems at corner. That's their biggest biggest issue. The safeties have made some blunders, but they're they're very talented. Will they be able to handle Florida State if they just decide to go like old-school Charlie Ward-style Florida State and just come out throwing, running a lot of birds? One of the plays that – it's just what Bob, Bobby Bowden said in, on a show. I think it was ACC Network did it. Talking about when it really started, it was the Georgia Tech game in 92. They were down, and they just started running four verts. They didn't have the speed and the athleticism to handle Florida State just in that sense. So they took the box out of the game. Georgia Tech was good in the box at that time in the early 90s. And they just started running four verts, and they would adjust. It was kind of like backyard basketball in some ways. Florida State out-athleted them. Charlie found a way to get it done. Florida State had a miraculous comeback. Well, you can use that philosophy against this Miami team. Guys like Ja'Kai Douglas, are they going to be on a matchup with him? They struggle with one or two guys. Florida State, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, now they have a third playmaker. Who are you going to put on him, and how are you going to do it consistently? You go twins, one guy like that on each side, you make those safeties play wide? Maybe a running back screen hits you for a big play in the middle of the field. Maybe tight end delay to Marcus and Douglas. Pittsburgh saw what a seam route from him could do because he punched it for six. Florida State's got a really unique situation here. Miami's going to bring pressure. Francisco Maui Go is going to blitz. They're going to do some different things to try to get Ruben Bain loose. Obviously, he's a very special player. They don't have guys, though, that can cover for a long time. Miami may switch it up a little bit. I don't I don't know. They've got a good defense coordinator, but there's only so much you can do when you don't cover well on the back end. This game is completely different than what I thought it would be at the beginning of the year because of injuries, et cetera. Again, we don't know if Johnny and Keon are going to be playing, and even if they are, we don't know how healthy. We're not going to get – I don't care what Norvell says during the week. We're not going to get the real information there. And why would he? So this is just intriguing to me. So Marcus and Douglas, Kyle Morlock, Jaheim Bell, I think the screen game, Rodney Hill, all these different guys have a chance. So which one ends up being the biggest factor 
it's a great sign. All the different varieties. It's just hard pinpointing which one's going to make a big play in the next big rivalry game against the Miami Hurricanes. It's fun though, isn't it? There's a lot of options. I'd certainly rather be in Florida State situation right now than I would Miami's. They just scored six. I mean, that's horrendous. I know it's NC State's got a quality defense, but six? Oof, that's brutal. So with that being said, to wrap up, one last point. At some point in this game, Jordan Travis, I think, is going to run a little bit. He had negative yards, if I remember correctly, looking at the stat sheet against Pittsburgh. They didn't run him much. They've been trying to save him. Don't want his shoulder getting hit. He's trying to get to the NFL. Totally understand. But what if he could just hit one or two runs in addition to spread out? Kind of like Charlie did, 92 Georgia Tech, moving around, pick up a couple extra first downs. That could be the difference in the game, and it may even help Knowles pull away mid-third quarter or something. Because, again, I just don't think the way Miami is covering, they just don't pass the eye test in coverage right now. They just don't. Um, maybe they'll fix something or whatever, but it's not like their roster is going to suddenly improve. And they've got a guy injured that had been playing a lot of football for him, a corner in Daryl Porter Jr. So that's not a good sign for the Canes. To wrap up today's show, though, it's a great sign. 24 to 7, they found a way without their two best playmakers at receiver. They found a new playmaker in Ja'Kai Douglas. Hats off to him. He's my athletic brewing company game changer of the week, if you will. Six catches, 115 yards, five first downs. And he's the new Knowles stud at receiver that I don't think we really saw. So hats off to him and great job by Florida State finding a way to grind it out, especially in the second half to get the victory over Pittsburgh. I will talk to you again on Tuesday. Everybody have a great day.